0: Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our host, Vanilla Wafers! What's up everybody? Welcome to the back of the field as well as the bottom of the playlist. This is Vanilla Wafers and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. We have ourselves an action pack episode today. We got a lot of news to talk about because we have some big-ass announcements. And when I mean big, I mean mucho grande because we have some big announcements coming from certain teams, certain drivers. There's just a lot to cover on that. And also... We have to make our picks for the Roval. Trust me, it's going to be a little bit more accurate than at Talladega. And no, we're not just going to have Chase Elliott on there. Yes, you're going to want to put Chase Elliott. But we're also going to want to focus on the other five slots because there should be certain drivers on there that might surprise you that will be good picks to go with. But first... It is October 9th, which means we're going to go into back into NASCAR history and see some past winners on this day. We're first going back to 2016, where we have Jimmy Johnson collecting a victory at Charlotte Motor Speedway, one of his well-known favorite tracks. Led 155 laps out of 334, dominated this race. He was able to get a win here in 2016. Then we go back to 2011, where we have... Jimmy Johnson once again, but it's not at Charlotte. This time it was at Kansas Speedway. He led 197 of the 272 laps. The person who finished second was Casey Kane when he was driving for Red Bull in the number four machine. And then we go back to 2005 where we just have Roush Fenway Racing just kicking the living hell out of everyone that weekend because they finished first, second, third, and... And fifth. And the guy who won the race was the driver of the Viagra car, getting driven hard every single time. Mark Martin, winner of that race, he led 139 laps. His partner's Greg Biffle led 47, and then Matt Kenseth led 71. If you put that all together, that is almost 97% of the race led by Rouse Finway. I mean, that's just dominating. Man, wish Roush Fenway could do that now. And then going back all the way to 1994, we have Dale Jarrett, driver of the number 18 for Joe Gibbs, getting a victory at Charlotte Motor Speedway. He led a combined total of four Laps. In fact, the people who finished in the top 10, there was no driver that led more than 13 laps that finished in the top 10. In fact, the person who led the most laps was Jeffrey Bowyer-9, but he had engine problems, led 202 laps, and he was credited with the 30-second finish. Damn those engines. They just let us down every single time. But that's a little bit of history here on October 9th. We had a seven-time champion, a five-time runner-up finisher, and then a person who won the Daytona 500 three different times. But enough of the history. It is time to now look at this week's news in the NASCAR racing world. Alright, first confirmed driver to get his ride in 2021 after all the drivers that have been lined up questioning who are they going to go to. Daniel Suarez has finally given us his answer. He's going to be driving with Trackhouse Racing. Yeah, probably not many of you know who Trackhouse Racing is, but let me explain. It's a brand new team founded by Justin Marks. If you don't know who Justin Marks is, Justin Marks ran a few races in the Cup Series and the Xfinity. He said he was done racing, he wanted to own his own team, and he was going to launch it uh, sometime either next year or the 2022 season. Well, now obviously we know it's going to be 2021 Starting at the Daytona 500 where Daniel Suarez will be driving the number 99 Chevrolet Camaro and have a technical alliance with ECR. You know, in all honesty, I was thinking like someone like along the lines of Ty Dillon was going to be having an operational alliance with Richard Childress Racing, but apparently that's not the case. Looks like Daniel Swartz is going to be in there. Um, is he going to be doing any better than he did with Gaunt Brothers Racing? I'm having a really hard time seeing that. I, I don't know why. I just see a brand new team and it doesn't look like it's going to be a dominant kick-ass team. Maybe at the same level as Jermaine Racing was this year. But other than that, we'll see how Daniel Suarez does. But hey, brand new team. Let's see how he does for the 2021 season. This next bit of news is going to be talking about Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin's new team where their driver Bubba Wallace will be driving with them for the 2021 season. It's going to be a single car effort and Joe Gibbs just confirmed that he's going to have a technical alliance with this team. So basically this team is going to be taking over where the 95 team was for this year and the last couple of years. I think this is going to be a great opportunity to see Bubba Wallace back in a Toyota. I think they're going to be driving the number 23 car. I mean, no one's driving that number 23, and I mean, Michael Jordan has associated himself for so long with that number, so why not? If they don't do it, it's going to be an absolute missed opportunity, but this is what I see from the Michael Jordan racing team. I don't expect them to all of a sudden be championship contenders next year. I see them, their goal, trying to make the top 20 or the playoffs. That's where I see them here in this first year, but definitely having that technical alliance with JGR is going to be very, very helpful for this new New team getting off the ground, so it's now confirmed that the number twenty three. I'm saying it right now, it's going to be the number twenty three car. Will be working with Joe Gibbs. All right, everyone was pissing themselves in fear when they were hearing that Matt DiBenedetto could be done with Wood Brothers Racing after this year. Well, we finally got our answer. Matt DiBenedetto is actually going to be returning to Wood Brothers Racing next season, and Austin Sinrick is going to be driving the car in 2022. I know a lot of the fans absolutely loved it. I could see a bunch of them rubbing their nipples on Twitter, and honestly, this, I think this is a great move for Wood Brothers Racing. Matt DiBenedetto definitely deserves to be in really good equipment because he's gotten multiple second places this year in that number 21 machine. He's been very close to becoming victorious. He almost did it in Las Vegas both times. And then he almost won the race at Talladega until NASCAR decided to screw him in the end and give him a black flag. I don't know if he's going to get the victory by the end of this year, but keep an eye on him next year. There may be a good chance to see him in that number 21 car getting that 100th victory for Wood Brothers Racing and then after that yeah it was no surprise to see Andre Austin Cindric take over this car in 2022 I mean he's absolutely dominating in road courses and now with the schedule changing up to having multiple road courses in the season and in the playoffs I mean it makes better sense to put Austin Cindric up in the cup series I think it's time for him to move up but in the meantime we're gonna have Matt Bandetto for one more year in the number 21. And the last bit of news, this actually came across my desk because it is that brand new. Clint Boyer is stepping out of the number 14 car at the end of the season and going to Fox Sports next season. I mean, this was not really too much of a surprise, per se, because we all knew that Clint Boyer was eventually going to go to Fox Sports. He was doing a lot of work with them during the pandemic when he was always their in-race reporter. He was having a lot of fun, and you can see definitely the great chemistry between him and Jeff Gordon. Obviously, this is not the 2012 incident anymore with these guys. These guys seem to be good buds, and it's going to be absolutely fun to see him in the Fox Sports booth next season. I think Fox is going to be absolutely entertaining to watch with those announcers up there calling the races. And now that means who's going to be driving this number 14 car? I mean, I don't think it's going to be really too hard to guess, but I think it's going to be Chase Briscoe driving the number 14 machine. I really don't see them putting Chase Briscoe uh, down in the Xfinity Series for one more year. He's already gotten eight victories so far. He probably will get one or two more by the end of the season. It's time to move him up to the Cup Series. I think the only two other drivers I could see maybe taking over this 14 car besides him would be Kyle Larson and Eric Jones. And if they move with one of those guys, I mean, Chase Briscoe's is probably going to be absolutely pissed. The guy who said the N-word gets the spot before he does while dominating the Xfinity series. I, like I said, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I just really hope to see Chase Briscoe in that 14 car. He absolutely deserves it. That's some great equipment. And I think it's just really going to boost up, um, Stuart Haas racing for the 2021 season and beyond. And the last bit of news. We now know who's going to be driving that number 48 car next year. It's been the biggest ride opening for the longest time ever since. Probably even back to the number 24 car or the number 14 car. Either way, this is huge. Absolutely huge. And the driver who's going to be driving that car is going to be Alex Bowman. Yep, that's right. Alex Bowman is going to be moving from the number 88 to the number 48. I know it's not the biggest news in the world. In fact, it's the most lackluster news because everyone wants to know who's going to be driving that fourth car for Rick Henrik. I do believe what's going to happen is the number 88 car is going to be no more after the end of this year because Rick Henrik definitely loves that number five machine that has belonged with that team for so long. So I think we're going to see the number five car once again next year. The question is, Who's going to be driving that car? There's a lot of good options out there. I mean, Eric Jones is the one that everyone's keeping their eye on. Maybe even Corey LaJoy, if Rick Henrik actually saw Corey LaJoy's note and said, Hey, I'm going to pick that driver up. He hasn't really been getting any top tens, but hey, at least he tried. I, I really don't think that's going to happen, but that'd be cool. But we shall see. But it looks like Alex Bowman for sure is going to be driving that number 48 car. After that, we'll see what the other number is going to be and who will be that fourth driver. And that's gonna conclude this week's news. I know this was some exciting news. I mean, who would have thought that would all would have came this week? I thought we were gonna have big ass news like this a couple weeks ago, and then NASCAR just kept us waiting and waiting and waiting. And now we finally got some bit of news. I just want to know who's driving that fourth Henrik car and who's going to take over those last few spots. We shall see, but let's move on. Let's focus on this weekend, and that is the Charlotte Roble. It's going to be action-packed. There's going to be anger. There's going to be people crying. Maybe even a little bit of middle fingers being thrown around all over the place. We shall see, but we got to make sure we pick the best six options going into this race. It is time to look at our fantasy picks and see who to start and who to sit. For the Charlotte Roval... Okay, so this week I'm going to do things just a little bit different, just a tiny bit. We're going to focus on all the chase drivers as well as some drivers who are outside the chase that might be good, viable options. And remember, you are picking six drivers in this race. You can't pick any more, you can't pick any less, and you can only pick one driver five times throughout the playoffs. So hopefully you've saved some drivers here for these final five races. And I'm going to do it a little different. I'm not going to do the top dogs, the top tens, and the dark horses. I am going to try to rank every single driver and see if they should be a number one pick number two number three number four and so on and to the point of hey don't even include them on your list we're first going to start off with chase Elliott with the biggest no brain option to put him on your list he has absolutely dominated all the road course races the only one he hasn't dominated at is sonoma However, we're not in Sonoma. We're at the Roval, and he's won the last three road courses. By all means, he's going to dominate this race. This might be the race where he gets his third win of the season. By all means, Chase Elliott is a number one pick. Lock him into your roster. Next driver I want to look at is Martin Trex Jr. He is the next best thing. He is at best a first pick, at worst probably a second or third pick. He absolutely does great at road courses as well. If it's not Chase Elliott, it's Martin Trex Jr. always right behind. And Martin Trex Jr. has dominated at this race before. Almost won the inaugural race here at Charlotte Roval. The only problem was Jimmy Johnson took him out in the final turn. That's why he wasn't able to get the victory. However, don't let that discourage you. He still has some great finishes at road courses courses and he's going to be a great option to put on your list definitely at the very least a number two pick next up we have Clint Boyer now Clint Boyer is kind of an interesting option here Clint Boyer needs to get a victory in this race he does really good at road courses so it's totally up to you guys on where you put him I'd say at worst he's a fourth pick at best he's a second pick I would definitely put him on your list because he's going to be doing really good at this race regardless. The only thing I'm worried about is if he's going to try to go for the win at the end, he might wreck his car. That's the only thing I'm worried about. But if you don't think he's going to do that, put him on your list. Next up, we have Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman is definitely a fourth or fifth pick on your roster. He's been doing really good at the Charlotte Roval, has gotten some good finishes. Hell, he finished second last year, and he fainted on pit road, but it's okay. Bubba Wallace splashed some cold water in his face, so it woke him right back up. Now, (laughs) I don't think Alex Bowman is going to be going for the victory in this race. He just needs a consistent run, and that is what he's really good for, getting consistent runs, and he's going to do it here at Charlotte Roval once again. Put Alex Bowman as either your fourth or fifth pick. Denny Hamlin is kind of an interesting one as well he already got his victory locked himself in I see him more as a fourth pick I wouldn't really say he's a guarantee to put on your roster because he's a little hit and miss when it comes to road courses that's totally up to you guys I wouldn't put him over Martin Trex Jr. but he did have a good finish at the Daytona road course so he might impress us here at Charlotte maybe keep an eye on him he at best is a second pick Then we have Kurt Busch in the number one. Kurt Busch is more of a fourth or fifth. I'd rank him near Alex Bowman. I don't think he's going to be as consistent as Alex Bowman. He could have a possibility of finishing 17th or worse because his last few finishes have been 14th, 20th, 10th, 13th. Those are not good odds. Now when he was with the number 41, he was really good. But then again, that was a completely different team. So it's up to you, but maybe it would be best to sit Kurt Busch out on this one. Then we got Kevin Harvick with uh pretty interesting uh runs here. He's gotten usually for the most part top tens, except for the Daytona race. He absolutely sucked ass at it. He was on every single highlight in all the wrong reasons, always getting spun out or spinning himself out. I don't think he's gonna repeat that here at Charlotte, but he's definitely not gonna be a front runner. I'd say he's more of a third or fourth pick. And by all means, I think it's going to be a lot smarter to save him for Kansas, Texas, and Phoenix. If you only have three picks for him, put him off your list. If you have four picks with him, man, you've been absolutely gutsy keeping him off your roster. But um, this may be the fourth best race for him, if not the worst race for him. Because even then, he does good at Martinsville. I don't really see Kevin Harvick as the best option to go with. So that's totally up to you. Brad Keselowski is the next one. Um, he's kind of similar to Talladega, where he does really good with stage finishes, but sometimes a little hit and miss on where he finishes. He would be definitely more of a fourth pick for me, and not much really as a top option. So he's going to be right there around Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch area. I would lean towards more Alex Bowman than Brad Keselowski. He can do better at some other tracks. Joey Logano sits a little bit worse on here. It would probably be pretty crazy to put Joey Logano on there. The only reason he got stage points at Daytona was because he took a pit strategy. That's the only way I see him getting stage points in here. Keep him off your list. He's a risky fifth pick, and I don't really trust Joey Logano with those odds. Next up, we have Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon, you'd be nuttier than Squirrel Turds to put him on your list. Keep him off your roster. Moving on. Kyle Busch, same thing. Kyle Busch absolutely does terrible at the Roble. He's had nothing but suspension problems, engine problems, gone into accidents. Kyle Busch is not moving on into the round of eight. He's not going to get a win here. I'm saying it right now, and he even said himself he's not going to be advancing on. Hey, Kyle Busch, you and I both agree on something, and that is you suck this year. So don't put him on your list here at the Charlotte Roble. There are way better options for him in the final four races. Then we have Eric Amarola. Eric Amarola is at best a reliable fifth pick, but I don't really trust Eric Amarola too much in this race to put on your roster. I would save him more for the mile and a half. I don't think he's going to advance on after this round either. So it would be best to keep him off your list. He might get some good top tens here in the other four races, but for this one, I really don't see it. So that's where your chase drivers are. If I had to pick um, a top five for this one, definitely Chase Elliott, Martin Trex Jr., Clint Boyer, Alex Bowman, and Denny Hamlin are definitely my top five out of those guys. Some other drivers to keep your eye on that are not quite in the chase, but they still might do really good in this race is... Jimmy Johnson. Now, I know a lot of people have given up on Jimmy Johnson at this point. I understand. He's been very unreliable. He's been having so many problems this year, just so much bad luck. I think he finally ran out of luck after he got a seventh and final championship. However, it would be so great to see the number 48 machine get one last victory at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Basically, the track where he was absolute king. Now, they're not running on the Oval, but do remember, Martin Trex Jr. was taken out by Jimmy Johnson in the final laps of that Roval race. He decided to go for the victory. He was just a little bit short, or actually, he went a little too hard is what happened, and he missed the playoffs by one Point, and that was such a killer. But if you look at his other few finishes, he's still done really good. Especially at the Daytona Road Course, he finished 4th. And then last year, he finished ninth. He's a good viable option. Do I see him getting the victory? That's a little tough for me to say. I really don't. But I see him as a good, reliable 4th pick, 3rd pick, right around there. A uh, risky 2nd pick. I don't really see him moving that up. But if he's going to be going up there, you bet your ass he's going for that win. So if he's near the front, he's going to be a bit risky. But if he's going to get a solid top 10 finish, by all means that's going to be great for you in your fantasy roster. Ryan Blaney has to be included on this list. I mean, he does really good at the rover for some reason. Uh, got that victory when, you know, everyone took each other out. But at other road courses, he's done really well. I'd put him in the same level as Jimmy Johnson, maybe a little bit higher than Alex Bowman. He's definitely a good third or fourth pick as well. Matt Benedetto is a good, reliable fifth pick to, uh, to put on your list in that number 21 machine. He has ran really well in this race with mediocre equipment and also at other restrictor plates. And now he's with good equipment. I could see him potentially running for the victory here in the final laps. If not running for the victory, he's definitely going to get a second place finish if he's near the front. <laughs> so Matt Benedetto definitely a good option as well. William Byron, he is a risky pick no matter which way you look at him. At best, his ceiling is about 45 points, but then again, his floor could be as low as two points. He has done it in the past at this racetrack. He's done really well, led a few laps, but then he's wrecked. So he's a very risky option to go with. If you're going with reliable people as your first five, then put William Byron in. I think that would be perfectly fine. But if you have some risky people on your roster, maybe it's best to leave William Byron off because he's just too risky when it comes to road courses. Then we got Eric Jones. Eric Jones, he does pretty all right at this racetrack. He's more of a fifth pick, fifth or sixth pick. I would go with him. That's about it. I wouldn't see him any better than that. I'll move on from him. Same with Michael McDowell. He's a reliable 5th, 6th pick guy. If you have some risky drivers, then throw Michael McDowell on there. He could get you a solid top 10, if not at worst, maybe a 15th or 16th play finish. For a 5th or 6th guy getting you 25 points, that's pretty good. Um, if you're trying to save some other drivers, definitely put Michael McDowell. He's really good when it comes to road courses next up we have actually chris busher chris busher actually sits at the same level as michael mcdowell more as a fifth or sixth pick as well i would lean more towards a sixth, sixth pick but that's if you're going with really risky drivers that's the only reason why i'd move on with him and then for the rest of the drivers on here i got bubba wallace ricky stenhouse jr tyler reddick ryan priest and daniel suarez all these guys are risky sixth pick guys at best This is if you have nothing but reliable people who are going to finish in the top 10, and you just want to say, eh, screw it, I want to put one of these guys who could potentially have a really good race, but at the same time could finish dead last. That's where these guys fall. So let's say you have Chase Elliott, Martin Trex Jr., Clint Boyer, Alex Bowman, and Denny Hamlin as your five picks. That's when you want to use one of these guys because Bubba Wallace has done really good here before. He just doesn't have the finishes that back him up. Tyler Reddick, another guy who's done really well at road courses but also has ran into some problems. Ryan Priest and Daniel Suarez kind of sit in the same boat as well except they're more of 17th and 20th place finishes. So at best, they're reliable 7th picks if there was a 7th guy. If you want to have those five drivers, then maybe if I had to pick one of these guys, I would lean the most towards... Tyler Reddick, if not Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace, that would be your best option. But if you have any other driver who you're a little bit worried about, do not put these guys on your list. That's how I see it. And for me... I would pick those five drivers that I mentioned earlier, Chase Elliott, Martin Trex Jr., Clint Boyer, Alex Bowman, Denny Hamlin, some good five options, and then I'm not going to pick another Chase driver. I would actually move down to either Jimmy Johnson or Matt DiBenedetto. In fact, I would even go as far as dropping Denny Hamlin and saving him for another race and putting one of these two drivers on there. That would be your best option. Also, don't forget those other guys like Michael McDowell. He could be a good option as well. You got some plenty of options going into this race. By all means, you have some choices to make. And there's a lot of good people to go with here. But those who I think would be the best eight to go with on your fantasy team, that's who I'm going to have. So let's see how we do this weekend at the Charlotte Roble. And that will conclude the last segment of today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, the race starts on Sunday, October 11th at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern. The green flag should drop 32 minutes afterwards. It's going to be an absolute crazy race. Is it going to be crazier than Talladega? I don't think so, but we're going to see a lot of damage and a lot of banging flying throughout the entire racetrack because this Roval has provided some excellent finishes, some excellent racing. Do not miss this race. This should be marked at the top of your calendar next to those other restrictor plate races. And let's hope uh, with next week we get some more answers to some unanswered rides and unanswered drivers. Hopefully those guys find their spots soon because, man... The 2021 season is definitely having one of the craziest silly seasons that I can remember in recent memory. So thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time. So I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.